Welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm MK. And I'm Courtney. And Courtney, how are you? You know, I'm actually doing pretty well. Um, I have started this new thing. So we know how I talked about my Wednesdays that I, I go and I work and do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So now those have turned into working Wednesdays where I also schedule meetings and go to Zoom meetings and it's become work, which it's fine because it's in my own time and I just go to my, my bar and I sit there and I have my martinis and do work. But that means I lost my me time of Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So the past two Fridays at least, we'll see how long it continues, but the last two Fridays I've been taking myself out for whatever time of day I get off at the office. So like last week I got off at noon. This week I got off at four. So like I took myself out for happy hour last night. And uh, and the first day I just left the office and I was like, I'm done with this. I need to just go sit somewhere, not work, and just go like play games on my phone, listen to my audiobook, and just have a really nice meal. And so I took myself to Sugarfish. And which is the best sushi place. And you just pick one of their course selections and then they just bring you out courses until it's done. And it was beautiful. And last night I took my, I really wanted oysters. So I was like, I'm going to take myself out to an oyster bar happy hour. There's an oyster bar two blocks from me. I went to it. It's the same one I went to with Vanessa once, but we went on the Upper West Side because we were going to Shakespeare in the Park. And it's like, delicious oysters they have good like other stuff so i just got oysters and i got a glass of white wine because that's what it said was the best pairing and it was it was delicious and then i had some nigiri and it was a beautiful moment and i really reclaimed my day i guess and had some good me time and i finished one of the books i was reading so nice always good but yeah so i'm uh I'm making sure to find me time still in all of my craziness that's going on. I love that for you. Thank you. How are you? Well. Well. So for those of you who didn't click on this episode on YouTube where we number the episodes, this is the 200th episode of Death and Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> You even told me and I forgot. Yes, so this is the 200th episode of Death and Aliens. Yay! So, you know, when I was just bored during quarantine and was like, maybe I'll start a podcast. I don't know. No one will listen to me. Here I am, 200 episodes and two years later. Almost three years. Oh, God, yeah. It'll be three years this summer. I I almost, I, I've totally forgot you told me this. I was going to stop by, like, the dollar store yesterday and buy those little, like, things that you blow that make noises. And I completely forgot. <laughs> and now I'm just remembering that. But because it is the 200th episode and it is a Stargate episode, I have some very exciting things to talk about. Ooh. So... Last week, I went to Gallifrey One, which is a Doctor Who convention. And um, unbeknownst to me, because I was really only paying attention to which doctors were going to be there, on the air in the airport on the way to LA, I, my dad and I started looking at all of like the when the panels were and the meet and greets and all of that fun stuff. And I looked at these names and I go, what and then i had a full-on breakdown in the airport because there's a lovely lovely man named ben browder who was in one episode of doctor who but who's also in two seasons of stargate sg1 what seasons? When do we get to him? Not till seasons nine and ten, unfortunately. Oh my god! Ages I know. Away. Ages I'm gonna away. He exists. 
Um, but he's really funny because I was talking to him and I was talking to him about the podcast and he said he was going to listen to it because he also, um, one of my favorite fun facts um, that I got, I think it's been on a DVD commentary at some point, but he told me in person um, when he got cast on the show, he prepared by binge watching all eight seasons before his in three weeks. <laughs> Jesus. Also, Ben, sorry if you're listening. I will never forget you. I was just kidding when I said that. Um, and so then when he got on set, they were like asking, like he was like asking questions about things that had previously happened on the show and all of like the crew and everything was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And he was like, that's when I learned that people don't usually do that. That is so strange though. Like that's exactly what I would do. Right. Right. Because we, what else do they do? People just come on the show and they just just show up and know nothing. Yeah. No, that's unacceptable. Correct. Unacceptable. And then I also, there was also, there was a woman there named Elena who was in Stargate Universe, but as you guys know, I have not actually watched Stargate Universe, so I I still got a picture with her because I got a picture of all three Stargate cast members who are there together, but I didn't go and talk to her and get her autograph separate. I did with Ben. And then I also did with Joe Flanagan. And um, Joe Flanagan sounds familiar. He plays Colonel Jack Shepard, who is the lead of the Stargate Atlantis team. And I've talked before about how Stargate Atlantis was my sexual awakening. And it wasn't just that Jason Momoa was there. It was also Joe Flanagan. And so I might have had a little bit of a panic attack. <laughs> and then he was really like super, he was super nice. And he, but he was like, not really like very like responsive when we first got over to the table, but then he apologized because he was fighting with his teenage son on text message <laughs> um, about just, you know, how teenagers suck. And then he was telling me about how his kids suck Um but like in a loving father way, not in a I don't wish I had children right. way. Um, and then was like talking to us about the weather in Buffalo. And then wrote a cute little message about how he loved meeting me on my picture. And I cried. It was beautiful. And That's it was amazing. So nice. And then well, that day, as I was sitting there thinking about how amazing this was and how great it was going to be for the podcast to have met these people. I was mm-hmm. like, I started searching just all of the local cons that I could get to just to see who guests were this year. Uh-huh. And so on Saturday, April 1st, I am driving to Pittsburgh to meet Richard Dean Anderson. <laughs> what day of the week is that? It's, it's a Saturday. Saturday. Can I come? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you're going to get to Pittsburgh, but... Take a train. Pick me up in Philly. How? What's the distance? Is that on the way? P- Pittsburgh is three hours away from me. Philly is seven and a half. Oh, God. Pittsburgh is my side of Pennsylvania. Ugh. How do I get to Pittsburgh? I don't know. Let's see. Just going to do a little mapping here. Oh my gosh, that's, ugh, I want to do that. I want to do that. Get in a car, I have a driver's license. Oh, it's five hours from here, what the heck? Is it only five from the city? 5.45, or a 10-hour train. Yeah, or six hours. Um, From five hours and 45 minutes to six hours and 40 minutes. One of those times. Yeah, it's three and a half from me. I'm so jealous. I don't think I can go. Because I'm just getting back in that week from... From your, yeah. From my trip. My conference. Wait, are you gone for two Mondays then? No. No, you're just, oh, that's just the first week you're back. 
yeah i'll have taken off the week before at the bar and at the office and yeah um, well i won't be taking off the office i'll be there for work yeah but still but yeah will you like secretly like facetime me yeah i will oh my god i will do it again i'm gonna dan is taking me um because i was freaking out to my dad and he was like well maybe that's right he was like maybe that's one that you and dan can do and i texted dan and i literally was like so it's the weekend after my birthday and we both know that we're not doing anything together on my birthday and please 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 and i just like sent him a bunch of um like like puppy dog begging faces and everything he was like well how am i supposed to say no to that and i was like you're not so yeah i'm going oh my god yeah i want you to tell him i exist tell him i said hello uh, I'm going to actually cry. Like I'm gonna cry, and I'm not even going. <laughs> so and like I'm so exciting. I have pictures and stuff with Ben and uh, Joe and Elena, but I obviously wasn't gonna share them on the social media until they're relevant because it'll be a little bit before Ben and Joe are on the podcast. Right. Right. Richard and Anderson. Ah! Oh my god, I don't even know that I can do this episode anymore. I'm happy 200 episodes of Jen and Aliens. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. Oh, I bet he's incredible. I bet he's the nicest person. I I can't wait. I can't wait. That's why. That's why I said before we started recording that the world can't end before April first. Yes, that's fair. No, the world can in for April first. Love that. Yeah. Oh, so exciting. So I'm great. <laughs> you are. I would ask you if you have any spiritual affirmation for me, but I feel like you're overwhelmed by the news I just gave you. I am, but I also have spiritual affirmations for you. I'm I am prepared. Well now I don't know where I put but I do have it. There it is. And it goes along with us, probably. Okay. I'm better. I'm ready. And one day, just like that, you'll rediscover your light, you'll embrace your inner warrior, you'll grab your power back, and the whole game will change. Yes. We're having a very uplifting episode. Um, for those of you who normally listen to us, welcome to this new era we're in today. I know, I know. But who are these people? Right. Ugh, so exciting. Um, so we're talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 3, Episode 4. Only six seasons away from Ben. Well, kind of. Because that's also about the time that we have to start interlocking Stargate Atlantis. 75 seasons away from Ben. (laughs) Um, I also found a very um, interesting website that I saved because I was like, when we get to the point where they want us to do SG-1 and Atlantis at the same time, do they want us to just do a season at a time or like back and forth with the episodes there is actually a specific order great i'm gonna need like a printout of that (laughs) to my forehead so i don't forget we're gonna have to like post it ahead of time and be like for the next six weeks this is the order we're watching episodes in because like it's usually back and forth but then it'll be like this time it's two sg1s in a row and then like i hate everything I'm so excited. (sighs) You know how much I love chaos. So I'm Mm -hmm. very excited. And I I will text you every time before I start watching an episode to make sure I've read it correctly and that we're watching the same episode. Perfect. Um, I do that now when we watch an order. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This episode is called Legacy. Which I only vaguely understand why that's the title. I mean... I get it. 
there's like two there's like two different things that could be counted as a legacy in the episode so like i kind of get it but also i don't feel like it has anything to do with what's actually happening in the episode no i think it's i think it's the legacy of michello like well, that's what coming I, that's to what, light but that's what i was thinking michello's legacy but also jolinar's legacy but then also i could have thought of a better name for the episode I mean, yeah, probably a better name for sure. But I think I think it's Michello because it's showing how his legacy has come to fruition yeah. and how it doesn't matter anymore. They broke it. It's true. And Jolinar could still come back around. I'm sure Jolinar will still come back around in conversations. Right. Um, it was rated 7.4 stars, which is low. But again, we this season, everything's kind of rated very meh. And um, I also might would have rated it a little lower than some others so like yeah i think of the four we've seen so far it's probably the weakest so i'm not mad about it being as being low i just don't know if like seven is really like that because 7.4 is closer to seven than to eight and i don't know Mm -hmm. about that um i'm trying to remember if i i know i looked at the beginning of the season of what the lowest rating for the whole season was and i'm trying to remember if it no it was not this one there is one that does dip below seven yeah there is one that dips below seven so when we get there we'll talk about it as it being the lowest but this is seth was rated lower than this which is fair we liked it because we like cults but it wasn't a great episode. <laughs> um, and this one at least felt like it at least made logical sense in continuing to discover things about the gold. Right. You know, yeah. Yeah, it still like logically made sense. Yeah. Um this episode came out in July sixteenth, nineteen ninety-nine. The number one movie was Eyes Wide Shut, which I have never seen. I haven't seen it either, but I, I've i heard a lot about it, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, it's a Stanley Kubrick thriller, which obviously puts mm-hmm. it in a special category of movies. It stars um, Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise, and it was actually their last film together before they got divorced, um, which sometimes I remember that Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise were married, um, and that's weird to me. It's fine. I remember they were married. They've been through. Uh, they've both been through relationships. <laughs> well, but the weird thing is, so this movie came out before they got divorced, but mm-hmm. after she left Scientology. Oh. So, like, that must have been a fucking weird time in their relationship. Yeah. Um, I bet it was. Good for her, though. So, like, they also then made a Stanley Kubrick thriller together while dealing with all of that. So. Whatever. The number one song was Bills, Bills, Bills by Destiny's Child. (laughs) Yeah, um, it was. Which is from my favorite Destiny's Child album. And also um, was the number one comeback song of 2021 because of TikTok. Okay. Good for TikTok. Right. Like, because the can you pay my bills part was like a TikTok audio for a hot minute there last year or two years ago. Um, Number one book was the same as last week. Summer of 99 was all going to be really the same. Um, On this day, the Liberty Bells 7, which was part of the Mercury program, which was the NASA program before the Apollo program. Um, So the first time they were attempting to send men into space at all. Um, This was a shuttle from that program that did not survive, but it was recovered from the ocean floor. Um, It actually fell so hard that it was deeper than the Titanic. Um, And it was originally launched in 1961, but was not recovered till summer of 99 wow um this is also speaking of things from the 60s um this is also the day that jfk jr's plane crash happened not not a great day 
no. a rough day. So a lot of weird things happened. Yeah. Um, the, the number of people in the Kennedy family that have been assassinated is to this day one of the most fascinating things in the entire history of our nation to me personally. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I have so many questions that will never be answered because I do not have right. top level CIA clearance. <laughs> no, I, uh, I also do not, because if I did, I would tell you, and that's why I'm not allowed to have it. So, sure. you know, um, this episode was directed by Peter DeLuise and written by Tor Alexander Valenza. So nobody knew. I wonder. Um, I did want to shout out one person though, because one of the things that I did when I went to this Doctor Who panel or Doctor Who thing was I went to a panel about filmmaking in the 21st century with a bunch of um, people, including Chris Chibnall, like the former showrunner of Doctor Who. Who okay. were, he and he wrote all of Broadchurch. Oh God, I love Broadchurch. Mm-hmm. Oh, so such a good show. So, but one of the things that they, he and the other like multi hyphenates, they were talking about being multi hyphenates, being writer, director, blah blah blah. One mm-hmm. of the things that they were talking about a lot on the podcast, or not the podcast, on the panel, is that one of the things that. Um, people don't realize is as important in filmmaking as it is, is the editor. Because fun, spoilery tidbit for the end of Doctor Who. Um, I don't know if you... I'm not there. Well, I'm okay. But you know that... The end of what Doctor Who? Of Jodie Whittaker's last episode. I don't know her last episode, so don't tell me what happened. No, no, no. It's not. It's just about the end of the episode, like about the fact that she regenerates. It, had, it won't tell you anything about the oh. episode itself. So yes, the, the, I understand the, last, the concept yes. of Doctor Who. <laughs> yes. The last thing that she says in the episode before she regenerates is tag your it, mm. which is adorable. Mm-hmm. With that is not what the last line of hers in the script was. Like there were four lines that she says as she's regenerating, and the script order is very different than what happened in the show. And what happened was the editor changed some things up and then said to Chris Chibnall, "If you don't like it, we'll go back." But I just thought this this order felt better, and she played it for him, and he was like, "No, you're absolutely right." And so, and everybody, like the, the number of t-shirts and pins and everything that just say tag your it on it would not have happened if the editor hadn't changed this. So I wanted to show some love to the oh, editors. That. Also, I'm like, fuck it. We don't ever talk about the editors, but we talk about all no, the things. No, we should. About- we should, because we talk about lighting and we talk about like the music in certain moments and stuff. And like the director might have a say in how that happens, but the editor is the one who does that. Right. Who makes it happen. So the editor of this episode was a man named Alan Lee, um, who has a ton of editing credits. Um, uh, Continue. Like a lot of them are like the things that we always talk about with the show. Like, um other stargate properties continuum shows up a lot in here um Mm -hmm. tin man which i've talked about show you know that no one else knows yeah correct the one with alan (laughs) coming as the tin man um um most more recently he has worked on um the snowpiercer tv show Oh, that one's popular right now. Yeah, uh, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, that TV show with, uh, God, what is the name of that guy who's in it? Um, oh, Elijah Wood is who is the lead, but that's not who I was thinking That's of. not who you're thinking, yeah. No, but, but Elijah Wood is the lead of that. And then he, and so, and his most recent project is called Flowers in the Attic, The Origin, which is a mini series that is started in 2022 that I have never heard of until right now in this moment. But like, but based off the VC Andrews book, yeah, I just bought the VC. I just I have it right a, here. 
says this limited series tells the origin story of Olivia and Malcolm and how dark family secrets shaped the Foxworth family that from everything that happened. I haven't read it yet, but I have this book and it's got uh, flowers in the attic and petals on the wind in it. And this is like the, this mini series is a prequel to those two books. Ah, I'm going to read this really fast then with the okay, 700. Perfect. Yeah. Um, um, 868 pages and watch that. Yeah. So Alan Lee is our editor. He is his, most of his film credits are for editing. He has one directing credit, which is for a later episode of Stargate. So he moved into the directing chair later in the series. Good for him. Uh, our guest star for this episode um, is Eric Schneider, who plays one of the doctors. Well, the site Walter? Or, or no. no, not the one who's in the end, because he was in a season one episode, and I already talked about him. The psychiatrist. <laughs> I know. Mm. I literally, I was going through, and I was like, oh, fuck, I already talked about him. It was two, a year ago, but I did. Right. Um the psychiatrist from the first doctor scene it was eric schneider um he is known for needful things i don't know what that is i've the heard stargate, of it, but i don't know anything about it stargate sg1 and mobile suit gundam i'm sorry it is an anime <laughs> okay okay um is it one word no mobile mobile like mobile like mobile uh -huh. phone suit gundam okay so you just said it as one word it's not actually one word no but most people do just say mobile suit gundam got it got it yeah msg correct but not the tasty msg that uncle roger tells us to use um or the arena in new york city um he was born in 1934 and um, did unfortunately pass away last year. Oh. Yeah. Um, in May. So while we were doing the podcast, but before we knew he was relevant to the podcast. So That's sad. And we should have. Shame on us. Yeah. It is a shame. But he was in like three episodes and we didn't know him. Oh, this and is he, the doctor, not the editor. The doctor. I, I, yes. I skipped. Yes. No. Totally sorry. We would have known. Yes. The doctor. We would have not have... No, you said all. that. My brain just didn't listen. It's fine. It's all right. So that is our uh, our team for this episode. Um, we start the episode exploring a tunnel that seems to be completely abandoned. Um, and it has an ancient gold design that they are not super familiar with, but Teal'c knows what it is. Um, and the... The mouth has detected no signs of life. But the way they talk about it clearly makes you feel like something is not quite right with right. that. Right. Super sketchy. Like shocker. Why right. we started an episode with nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so Teal'c opens a door and they find a ton of dead gold bodies. And then we get the credits. Yeah, I don't think they played the credits right on uh, Pluto when I was watching, or maybe I missed it, but I was like, I feel like I never saw the credits. Oh. No, because I watched it at work, so I watched it on Pluto, not on the DVD, and that's where mm -hmm. the credits were, because I made a little note of credits. Maybe I just... No, I believe that it happened, because I remember <laughs> explicitly thinking while I was watching it, I was like, I haven't seen the credits yet. Just mm -hmm. didn't see them. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. That was oh, before yeah. coffee. Fair. I was, I was at work, and I was taking notes and you know how I am with that theme song. Mm -hmm. I'm embarrassing when I watch this in public. Exactly. But I also was thinking about how mad I was that I had to watch it on Pluto with commercials when I could just wait till I got home, but I didn't know when I was going home and I wanted to be ahead right. of the game. Fair. So mm -hmm. I was perturbed. <laughs> but then Here. The Gawuld, we find out, like, as they're searching the, the cavern and finding symbols and everything, we find out that the Gawuld that are there are part of a league of lesser Gawuld um, who wanted to challenge the system lords. Um, I think they said Limbris was yeah, the name Limbris. of Limbris. 
Um, I never wrote it down because it was never that important to me, but I was like, I think I remember what it is. It'll be fine. So is Limverse, is that, it's another, it's like a mini system ward or is that the like crew of people? It's like the crew of people. So it's like, it's basically like the Tok'ra, but it's not because it's only nine, it's only nine people and they don't want to like save humanity. They just want to kill the other system lords. Got it. I wasn't sure if it was nine <laughs> separate and one of them was Limbris or if they're Oh like, no, it's that's like it's like the cult name. Got it. Got it. I kept so, calling them baby system lords. That's fair. I mean that's what they were trying to be. Um there were nine of them and all of them are dead and in this room. Sam so, goes, nine? Found them. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, just like there were there were nine of them. And she's like, one, two, mm, yeah. Here we go. um so then on top of the the altar that's in this weird chamber daniel finds one of those tablets with like the that they could read that like michello showed them how to read these tablets okay can we can we pause right here absolutely give us a small summary of michello because i understand we saw him on p expanded numbers um planet yes and i don't remember anything else about him so michello was the one who invented the the machine that made them switch bodies and he was the got it so he has all that weird gold fighting tech and then he was like a hundred billion years old and he was also played by michael shanks yes okay yes um so they find one of these little tablets that they that they can read and it has battle plans on it and um daniel is trying to read it um but he needs the the thing because it's it's like a stone tablet and you need like a handheld thing that goes over it that changes the letters so he needs the little hand part thing and jack finds it on the ground so daniel picks it up and when he turns the page he like feels something brush by him and he's like, the, uh, 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 I have a weird feeling. And Jack's like, me too. Let's stop hanging out with the dead people and go back to like get checked out for diseases, which is the valid response. Um, so back at SGC, they're there. They're like doing decontamination, taking showers, whatever. And Daniel gets out of the shower and he hears something whispering his name which was like mad fucking creepy. Right. Um, and he thinks it's Sam calling him. But then Sam comes to get him for their briefing. And he's like, were you just calling me? And she's like, absolutely fucking Lily not. I don't have any idea what you're talking about. Right. Um, so they go to the briefing and based on the studies, this is apparently, they're apparently able to study corpses incredibly quickly yeah if they're because if they're doing the briefing and the amount of time it took them to like get home and shower dr fraser like did these tests hella fast faster than we can do yeah (laughs) um so we find out that the gawold were killed before the hosts um but there's nothing left to study because um and this is an important scene purely because this is a question that has come up on the podcast before of things that were left unanswered in the show is what the fuck happens to the Gawold body once it's dead inside of the host? Like, why is there not, like, still a dead snake inside of Sam? And the the material decays in their system and, like, it becomes, like, a blood protein so that's why she still has like weird gold powers, but no like snake in her body. Um, but so there's nothing left for them to study of the gold hosts to know why they died because of the decay. And but the humans seem to have just died of starvation. There is like nothing because they were locked in this chamber. There's nothing to have killed them. Right. And Hammond wants to know who killed the gold and why. Um, 
But since the door was disabled from the inside, Sam is like, maybe the killer was still in the chamber and we let the killer escape. Um, when we opened the door, and of course, because it was invisible, their first guess is Ritu, and Teal'c's like, it would not have been Ritu, because A, I didn't feel anything, and B, the Ritu would not have spared the host. They would have just killed everybody. Um, a lot of times when they don't know what's happening, their first guess is Ritu. It is a little, like... <laughs> A little much but to be fair it's the only thing they've ever encountered that's fucking invisible and if you don't know right. what's going on and you know that you're trying to fight something that can be invisible i would probably jump to that conclusion more than necessary also i mean that's probably true but you know how intensely it affects tilk and he's just like super chill in all of these instances yeah. we're like read to and he's like nope didn't feel anything like right so it's like immediately shot down Every time. Every time. But, you know, Jack is very singularly focused and it's invisible. And he, <laughs> and he doesn't like things that he doesn't understand. We have very much learned that. And yes. so if he doesn't have an answer, that must be the answer. Yep, that's that's true. Um, but then, so then they're like, okay, we gotta, we just gotta figure out what's going on. Um, and Hammond tells Daniel to keep working on trying to figure out what this tablet says. And then the gate is clicking because SG7 is returning and they're standing at the window watching SG7 come back. And Daniel just like sees them all as corpses instead of people. A little unsettling. It was really quite uncomfortable because I was like, one genre of the show <laughs> because that feels what very much like one? right i'm like that feels very much like something that like it was it was so unsettling that when i told courtney this morning that i had a nightmare last night she asked if i had watched stargate before bed because it was like <laughs> not not what we're used to seeing right um but so then Daniel's in his like room attempting to translate the tablet some more and he finds the word infiltration, which seems to be important because they just keep repeating infiltration. Mm-hmm. Like that was a choice in editing to just focus on, <laughs> focus on that word a little bit much. Um, but then he hears a voice calling him again. And then he hears the chevrons of the gate clicking inside his closet. And he opens it, and there's just, like, a wormhole inside the closet. And the voice is, like, telling him to join them. And then a zombie ghost pulls him into the wormhole. Yeah, it was wild. Straight out of a horror movie. I was like, is this real? I was like, do we get to just, like, make makeshift stargates? Like, what's happening? Absolutely not. Um, No. Yeah. Um, but then we wake up in the infirmary because he probably slammed his head into the closet when he thought there was a wormhole in it. Um, and Daniel tells Jack about the dead Gawold in his closet, and Jack clearly doesn't believe him. Right. Um, and Daniel's like, do you believe in ghosts? And Jack's like, no. And he's like, yeah, no, me either. But if these aren't ghosts, I'm losing my fucking mind and I'd rather believe they were ghosts than that I'm absolutely fucking crazy. Which I totally get. Totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But then Dr. McKenzie, who is the name of the doctor that I couldn't remember, who is played by the actor. Dr. McKenzie is a psychologist and he is interviewing the whole team because um, he thinks that... Gate travel is causing psychological damage. Which, to be fair, is logical. Is logical because they have you have no idea what going through a wormhole actually does to the human body. And like And you think about when you use like blue powder, if you don't do it just right, you splint. Yeah. And so maybe your brain's doing that in Stargate. Right. Like there there could be some kind of like uh consequence that we don't understand 
And if um, Daniel's losing his fucking mind, and to be fair, Daniel doesn't have any military training to deal with like psychological trauma the way the other three would. Right. So it makes sense. Um, and Hammond decides to temporarily shut down all gate travel so that all of the members of all of the SG teams can be evaluated because they believe that Daniel has gate-induced schizophrenia. Which is wild. Um, And I do want to talk to that in like 30 seconds. But it was really funny when Jack's like, well, can't we just put up a sign up that's like, Stargate may be hazardous to health. And Sam's immediately like, yeah, that's great. I was like, hold up. (laughs) It's a very quick decision for something that may induce schizophrenia in people. (laughs) Right. Um, But yeah. Psychologically, yeah. that's, like, a wild thought, though, that, like, Stargate right. can induce schizophrenia. Right. Like, and also, like, I, I understand that schizophrenia is something that we don't understand all of the potential causes of it, and that there are different types of schizophrenia, that there's, like, genetic factors, but there's also just, like, the whole idea of, like, to bring it to, like, our thriller stuff. Norman Bates basically has schizophrenia that is like trauma induced. Yeah. So like it's not the wildest conclusion. My concern is that they jump from 0 to 100. <laughs> Fair. Which Fair I be mean, concerned about that. And then like Jack even says like you are jump into schizophrenia like because he had one off day and janet's like yes but he had both visual and auditory hallucinations like she's listing the things that it's like well when you put it that way but also like could we stress jack's not like out of the realm of possibly right. like stress no. does really crazy things to people's bodies and also like it, um it could be like lead poisoning this is a really yeah. weird way to connect it, but there was an episode of Grey's Anatomy where um, one of the doctor has had had a hip, um, not like had had a hip transplant, but the hip that they used had mercury in it, and it broke, like something broke in it, and <sighs> the mer- and the mercury was leaking into his bloodstream, and so he was having like hallucinations and all this kind of weird like mental stuff, and people were thinking that he was losing his mind, and the one doctor was like. I think he has mercury poisoning. And then it turned out that he was right and they had to redo his entire hip transplant. But like, there's a lot of things that cause hallucinations that are- Would be a gas leak. (laughs) Right. I mean, and I guess that's why they're like, we're going to pause things and keep him contained and test everyone before we make a like final determination. But like mercury poisoning, a gas leak, a, a stress- like break in your like a mental break because of stress that can be easily like there's a lot of things that it could be that are not schizophrenia and i don't know if like i just feel like that word is a big jump i think because i think knowing so little about it knowing how little it like how hard it is to diagnose the beginning anyways makes it a very big leap because like there are so many other easy things to rule out before you get to mm-hmm. that and you didn't even try like or at least not that they told us right but like so. it wasn't that long they couldn't have ruled out everything by the right. <laughs> right like how long does it take to test for mercury poisoning well but to be fair also Probably not that um, long but not that long especially if they're able to like detect lack of gold bodies in a host and the amount of time it takes Daniel to shower. So, like, I don't... Right. I don't know. Maybe he takes long showers. We don't know. <laughs> That's true. Um, but so then Daniel is hanging out with Jack, playing chess, and, like, talking about all of Daniel's symptoms, trying to, like... Because Jack doesn't believe in ghosts, but he also doesn't believe that Daniel's, like, bonkers. Right. Um, Until Daniel... um here's the gate like dialing in the closet again and he like very much is like 
being like, no, that's not real. That's not real. That's not real. And he's like talking himself out of it until he sees a gold climbing on Jack and uh, going into his neck. And then he just like full on attacks Jack to try to get the gold out of his neck. But also like, like losing your mind or ghosts are the only options we have. <laughs> like nothing else in between. Not like lack of sleep. Oh, we, we mentioned a stress response earlier. That's that's off the table now. Just ghosts or losing your mind. That's it. Correct. Correct. I mean, that's usually when I hear things that aren't there, I assume ghosts or losing my mind. Or wild animals. Those are, but those are but they're so far underground that wild animals is off the table and then Yeah. yeah. Um, so he like lays on the floor to calm down while Jack calls the infirmary, and then we get a close up on something moving under his skin, and I wanted to vomit. I didn't love that. I didn't love no. that. Um, but unfortunately, because he had another breakdown, um, Daniel gets transferred to a mental health unit. He is put in a nice padded room. And um, the rest of the team goes to see him. And he's very confused and also very blind because they took away his glasses so that he doesn't hurt himself with them. Also, you take away my glasses, I will start seeing things. I can't, I don't know what's going on. I don't wear my glasses, but I, I also understand that that is a personal choice that I'm making that is damaging to my long-term health. Except for when I <laughs> fell, except for when I fell and injured myself in LA, I was really glad I wasn't wearing my glasses because I could not imagine what my Stabby. face would have. Right. It would have been anyway. Um, but Daniel starts crying and apologizing for being a head case. And I had to pause it because I was so upset. See, it didn't hit me as hard as I felt like it should have, but I, Figured it did to other people. And I wonder if that was like a, you have the connection from watching so much of Stargate that it hit you so much harder watching it this time. Or if you had I, that same reaction the first time you watched it. I don't remember because I watched it so much younger right. the first time I watched it. But I also, I had a friend in high school who um, did have a schizophrenic break and was convinced that one of their other friend's moms was dead for like six months and they weren't Jeez. and so like i remember when she found out that that had all not been real and like how traumatizing that was i bet and so like part of it is that i have that experience to go on of like somebody being like i can't stop being crazy i want to stop being crazy mm -hmm. and like that's why i so I, that was rough for me, but I also don't know that other people would necessarily, cause I don't think it was bad acting, but I also don't feel like, I felt like it was maybe a little bit of a leap if you didn't, cause, but it was, I, I felt like it was a little bit of a leap. Cause it was like, I didn't, I didn't have the like emotional investment that I, and I love Daniel, not that I don't love Daniel Jackson. Yeah. Let me start there. But just the way it was handled, I didn't have the emotional attachment to, which is why one of the reasons I think that it was okay that it was rated a little bit lower because there were times like this that mm -hmm. you can see where they tried to do something and it just didn't really work. Right. And I, it's not that we don't love Daniel and everything. And, but it's also like they didn't, the looks on like when they kept flashing to Jack and Sam and Teal's face, like they weren't as upset as I wanted them to yeah. be. Like, and if they would have been more, like, Sam looked like she was crying a little bit, but, like, if they would have been more broken at him being broken, I think that would have made it easier for us. Mm -hmm. um, um, And Teal, but Teal also kind of takes this moment to be like, we don't think you're a head case. Like, something is wrong. Like, it, it has to be something wrong. It's not, you're not just crazy. Um, and but also as a side note people with schizophrenia aren't crazy it's just a just as like a broad right 
No. Yes. And also in the last 20 years, things have changed so much in awareness and understanding of mental health conditions. And it's hard because the word crazy has a like negative stigma and people don't really like the use of that word. I don't use it in a negative way. Cause like, right. Believe me, I'm up there with the best of them. Uh, but and I know like, you know that I just want to make sure everybody no, listening also yeah. knows that we know that. But but because but it's also hard because in the show that they like Jack talks talks about people being nuts and like Daniel calls yeah. himself a head case and they're using a lot of words that like in 2023 we would not see being used to portray mm-hmm. a mental illness, but it was 1999. It was not right. and I even then I don't necessarily know that those words were meant aggressively they just were very ignorant in the true sense of the word ignorant um i agree uh and they kind of believe him that something is happening until he starts hallucinating again Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then they tell he tells them that um one of the go like ghosts is in the room with them and they're like no not it's really not and so he starts like freaking out trying to kill this ghost that doesn't exist and teal that's that's also another visual choice that i think i would have said differently because they made a point to show how like how things were so blurry and he couldn't really see because without his glasses but then when they show this guy like we can see it clearly and we can see him there and I wish when we flipped to that scene, it would have been like a really blurry scene. and you It would have been there. like the same as, as his vision, uh, his vision yeah. of other things. Yeah, that would have been um, an interesting choice. But I don't know. Again, I don't know how much of that was a technology thing. Yeah, and that's totally fair. That's totally fair. Uh, um, but when Teal'c grabs him to try to calm him down, the bug jumps from him to Teal'c. Um, and then they start to lock, and then they lock Daniel up again. And the rest of the team leaves, and Daniel is in his little room, uh, like dreaming, and of the voice inside of like the, in his head thanks him for delivering it to the Gaul so that they can destroy it. Little does he know, he is the voice inside of his head. True. (laughs) Yes, actually, literally. Um, But then the rest of the team gets back to SGC and Teal'c starts to get sick, like, immediately. Yeah. Um, And Daniel has a weird dream flashback and realizes that the bug was one of Michello's inventions. Mm Mm-hmm. Hence the title legacy, I guess. Um, <laughs> and then back at the SGC, Janet tells them that Teal'c's symbiote is dying and that there is no reasonable cause. Um, then we go back to the mental health unit and Dr. McKenzie is trying to give Daniel his, his medication and Daniel's like, actually, like, I don't need more drugs. I just need to get the sedatives that are already in my system out of my system so that I can think clearly. And Dr. McKenzie's like, that's not how this works. Um, And as we know from watching Bates Motel, that is for sure not how it works if you are actually schizophrenic. Right. Um, uh, And Daniel's trying to explain his situation and it only makes him look crazier. But then he, like, admits that. He's like, I can see how this is not helping my case. I I do recognize. (laughs) I recognize why you were giving me that look. But. And so he's like, I will make a deal with you. You call SGC and find out if Teal'c is sick. And if Teal'c is sick and they don't know why, you have to let Jack talk to me. And he's not even like, release me, I'm going over there. He's like, I just want to talk to Jack if all of these things are happening. <laughs> right. And he was like, I'm, and if that's not true, I'll take the drugs. Like, mm-hmm. but please. Because in his mind, with what he has figured out, if there really was a bug and it jumped into Teal'c and Teal'c is sick, 
he has figured out what happened. And if not, mm-hmm. then he actually has lost his mind. Like that's the conclusion right. he's come to. So it's not even like a a bargaining because he like wants out. It's a bargaining because either his friend is dying because of whatever happened or he actually has lost his mind and he needs to know mm-hmm. which one of those two is true. Right. Um. So... Doctor, we don't see the phone call. We just see Hammond coming to tell Jack that he needs to go see Daniel. Because clearly, we know. Yeah. Um, And so then Daniel explains everything to Jack, who, like, is starting to see that Daniel's making sense, but it still doesn't really make sense. Right. But he takes him back with him to SGC. And Daniel explains his theories to the team. And Sam is like, okay, well, if that's true, let's, we took everything that was at Michello's lab. It's in the database at Area 51. Like, let me look through what it is to see if this is really a thing. And they look through the database and they find the device that Daniel used to read the tablet. And find out that there is, because there is actually a Gaul hand-reading device, but Nacello also made, like, a dupe that is a right. weapon. Right. Um, so Sam and Janet test the device from Area 51 over the tablet to see what is happening and find the weird parasites that Daniel saw. Um, and there are ten of them in each little rock, which explains why there were nine limbris and then there was still one alive to mm-hmm. jump into Daniel. Um, but it turns out the hazmat stuff does not protect from these parasites. Does they, not. No. They eat their way through the gloves and um, jump into Sam, Tilk and, or Sam, Jack, and Janet. Um. They're all infected, and and Janet is like, since there are multiple organisms in each of them, they're going to lose sanity faster. And, like, Jack, or not Jack, Daniel and General Hammond and the other doctor are literally just, like, sitting in the galley watching this happen, and they can't do anything about it. Yeah. Um, And then, like, Janet starts to freak out, and Jack starts to freak out, and Sam is like totally fine yeah and she's like completely unaffected and then all four of the parasites that were in her like fall out of her ear dead which was also disgusting yeah didn't love that um and they're like well i don't understand and she's like well maybe it's because of jolinar that's the other thing that they jumped to that conclusion a lot like Every time they don't understand the bad guy, it's Ritu. Every time Sam can do something that people don't understand, that people can't do, it's Jolinar. The problem but is to that be that's, fair. The problem is it actually is always Jolinar. <laughs> right, right, right. That's uh... um, and Daniel also. I did. I think why I would have given this episode more a higher rating than it actually earned was for the fact that there was randomly a ton of expositional dialogue that answered questions that we already had like the why there's no snake in sam's body and then this one Mm -hmm. why jack doesn't have all these abilities that sam does right but because of the gold starting to freeze in the deep freeze and trying to escape it never actually bonded to jack and didn't decay in his body Mm -hmm. so he doesn't have the weird protein marker of the dead gold but sam does but they figure out that the protein in Sam's blood can, in fact, kill these bugs because basically the bugs are robots, really, more than anything. Yeah. And their purpose is to kill Gaul. So if they have the protein marker of dead Gaul, their job is done. Right. Um. So Sam's like, cool, I'm just going to like inject my blood into other people so that they have the protein marker. And the other doctor is like, you can't do that because you don't have the same blood type as them and they will die. 
He's like, that's not how blood works. Let's start <laughs> there. That was my first thought. She was like, we'll just inject my blood. I go, that's not healthy. I definitely didn't think about that. I was like, yep, great plan. <laughs> Let's mm. do it. Mm. That's why I I'm not was, a doctor. Right. I was like, ah, mm, probably not. And then the doctor was like, no, blood type, not a thing. And I was like, see? But then Janet's like, just put the blood in the centrifuge and separate the red blood cells because your red blood cells are what give you a blood type. Mm, and genius. then I thought about why the Red Cross likes platelet donations so much better than blood donations because platelets can be used more because they don't have a blood type. Uh, my whole world is, is changed. Right? Stargate teaching real science. Real science. Um, uh, life-changing. So she separates the red blood cells and injects Janet and Jack and it works. So then they also inject Teal'c, and they but they don't know if it'll work because he would still have the symbiote in him, but it does, and everyone is smiling, and the episode is over. That is starting. Yes. Um, so again, you're right, was not the best episode, but it did answer two plot hole questions that we previously had and teach us the science of red blood cells and so in my mind it is a win yes correct um do you have any thoughts or theories as you well i also try to find the episode to make sure i didn't miss any trivia sure um i have no thoughts um i don't know anything of where we're going i think that this is i'm thinking this is the end of what we're going to hear from Michello. i don't know if that's true or not but i'm assuming they called it legacy because they were like here's his legacy it's over now his character's done um so i'm that's my thought is that this is the end of Michello for us even though i thought the last episode was too mm -hmm. um yeah i don't know i did i did think it was good the way it explained the the difference between jolinar and the Gold that got inside of Jack. I think that was probably the like cherry on top for this episode. Yeah. Um, there was no trivia, but there were apparently a ton of goofs. <laughs> okay. Um the first one says that when Carter put the blood sample into the centrifuge, she does not balance the centrifuge before spinning the sample. Um, I understand why that is a goof, but also they probably just didn't have time for that shit. Yeah. Um, this is a continuity error that I cannot read because it spoils something later in the episode. I was reading it and right. I, like, I started to read it and then I go, I know. Um, when Daniel removes his glasses to put on his gas mask, but it's obvious that his gas mask does not have corrective lenses, there are wireframe lenses that clip inside the eyepiece of a mask, and it's standard procedure for anyone with corrective lenses and has a gas mask to have custom lenses already inside the mask. So that's just like, oh, they obviously, if these are their gas masks, he should not have had that one. He should have had the one that already has corrective lenses. Right, so it's a lot of logical goofs that correctly are goofs, but I would have never noticed if you didn't Correct. tell me. Got it. Um, when they first discover the nine dead gold at the start of the episode, you see Samantha Carter shining a flashlight across the character's back and neck to show the entry scar. Then as she's talking and moves toward the dead body's face, you can see the actor blink when the light is concentrated on his closed eyes. <laughs> okay, but like to be fair, don't shine a flashlight in somebody's eyes when they're supposed to be closed. Right. Um, factual errors. Uh, Dr. Frazier theorizes that the nine dead Gawuld were locked in that room with no food and water and died of starvation. However, it takes the average human three to four weeks to die of starvation, whereas one can only go five or six days at the most without water, so they would have died of mm -hmm. dehydration before dying of starvation. Right. And then um, there's a continuity error about where the pieces are on the chessboard that doesn't even make sense to me. <laughs> hey. Um, so yeah, just factual, factual errors about science. Got it. Got it. Um, oh, 
Would you like to punch? Magello, because he didn't yeah. outline his technology very well. He created yeah. it and then just kind of like released it into the world to like make everyone yeah. sick and crazy. But isn't that what mad scientists do? And that's why I want to punch him in the face. Okay. I'm not saying he's not a mad scientist. I'm just saying. Fair. Fair, fair, fair. Yeah. Um, also, oh, so who, so then who do I want to punch? That's right, the yes. question we usually answer. It um, is, it is. I guess Dr. Frazier, just for not having faith in these people. Like, I know that, like, her job is to be the doctor and to, like, be the voice of reason. But, like, Dr. McKenzie just, like, comes in with these sweeping, like, things about her team that she's worked with for so long. And she doesn't fight back on it at all. Yeah. And that makes me a little sad. That does make me sad, but I feel like she may have called him in and she may have been there and been like, this is what's happening. And this is my team. So you have to handle it. And I will just be here because I know them. Yeah. But then I would still not like that. I would still not like her being the one to make the decision that he's crazy. That's fine too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who is your MVP? Um, I guess Sam. She had the most, the closest thing to a real emotion when they were in the padded cell Fair. with Daniel. And uh, she also figured out how everything worked in the end to fix it all. Yeah. I'm going to pick uh, Daniel because he, despite having a parasite in his brain, was still the only one to figure out what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. No, so. Um, yeah, well, with no theories of what's happening next, I guess the next thing we can do is just tell you where to find us online, which is at death and aliens at gmail.com and at all of the social media at death and aliens. You can find me at E-M-K-A-Y underscore superstar. And you can find me at C-E cloud 13. And uh, happy 200 episodes of Death and Aliens. We'll happy 200 episodes. You, we will see you on Thursday for our th Thriller Thursday. I almost couldn't say the word Thriller for a second. Our Thriller Thursday episode. Bye!